This episode of At The Bar is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I'm Jane Gretch and welcome to At The Bar, a podcast about running a dance studio, the highs, the lows and everything in between. As a dance studio owner, business coach, leadership expert, and the founder and author of Dance Step, a dance student teacher education program, my mission is to educate, encourage, and empower all I serve. Each week, I'll share a mixture of solo episodes and interviews, sharing ideas, hopefully making you smile, and reminding you that you are not alone. So, what are we waiting for? Join me at the bar. My guest today is Erin Nash, principal of Erin Nash Ballet Academy and Ellenbrook Ballet Academy, known collectively as EBA in Perth, Western Australia. Erin truly has a heart so big. You can hear it in the way she talks about her mission and the vision she has for the students she teaches. I first got to know Erin when she became a Dance Step Partner Studio and it quickly became clear to me that we both deeply believe in empowering students to be their very best. This episode is proudly brought to you by the Dance Step Programme. If you want to reap the rewards of a done-for-you student-teacher program and join Erin and me in empowering students and growing leaders within your studio effortlessly, head to the show notes for more info. Now, let's chat with Erin. Well, welcome back to the bar, everybody. Jane here, as always, and delighted to have a special guest, Erin Nash from Ellen Brook Ballet Academy and Erin Nash Ballet Academy. Lovely to see you, Erin. Good morning, Jane. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. And Erin is coming to me from New South Wales, but like little spoiler alert here, she's based in Western Australia. So we'll talk about the how and why of that shortly. Um, But Erin and I have connected um, through, you know, general dance studio owner circles and social media and things like that, as well, of course, um, Erin is a proud dance step partner studio and um, her studio is very aligned with the kind of values that dance step lives for. So we'll, we'll have a little chat about what, you know, that's, looks and sounds like in your studio shortly, Erin. But before that, um, you know, for for people who don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit in your studio and and I guess maybe how you even got to be running. Everybody likes that story, how you got to run a studio. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Jane. So I grew up in central New South Wales where, which is where I am now. I'm here visiting uh, my family and my sister. Um, I've been so lucky to be able to take six weeks long service leave from my studio, um, which has been wonderful to kind of have that time to connect with my family after the last, you know, two, almost two and a half years of being stuck in Western Australia. 
Um, so when that border came down a couple of weeks ago, I was jumped on the plane straight away to come and visit everybody. Um, but how I ended up in Perth and running my studio there, uh, I went to WAPA as a teenager. Yeah. And that was a big dream of mine growing up. You know, that was where I wanted to go to university and where I wanted to study and my big goal that I worked towards um, growing up and was, yeah, very lucky to get in, relocate my life over to WA with the intention to kind of maybe stay for 18 months um, <laughs> or so. And, yeah, 13 years later, Oops. I am still living in sunny WA and um, that's that's where life is now for me. Um, I was very lucky um to then open my studio uh, in 2013, kind of at the start, um, you know, mining boom and we have a very strong economy in WA and it's a very growing, lots of young families. Um, so it was a really great place to start a business um, back then. Um, and perhaps I had opportunities in Perth that I wouldn't have had if I was, say, in Sydney or stayed in New South Wales, um, was really able to kind of ride that growth um, with my business. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah. So much there. I've never been to Perth and as <gasps> for a bit I couldn't get there. Even yes, if, even if you wanted to. <laughs> even if I wanted to. Um, but I really admire the Perth studio owners. I work with a lot of you. Um, I coach a couple in a one-on-one sense and I, I have lots. In fact, a lot of dance studio, um, sorry, dance step partners there and Mm-hmm. Um, there's something very special about you guys. You, you're very entrepreneurial. You're very energetic. Um, and I, I really love all of the Western Australian dance studio owners that I work at. So shout out to Perth. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I will, it is, it is on our list to get there. But like I said, just haven't been allowed. So tell me about that. You were away from your family for, and, and you know, this is not a solo story. Lots, lots can share this, but, um, you know, you're over in Perth. Your family's over in central New South Wales for two and a half years. How how did you get through that? It was really challenging um, and I did go through a time um, probably just over a year ago now um, and I did really struggle with my mental health um, and it did even cross, cross my mind of why am I living over here? Um, you know, I was thinking, do I want to sell my studio and move mm. back to New South Wales? Um, and everything like that. But luckily I, I worked through that, took some time for myself and, um, you know, did a lot of professional development to kind of get my head back in the game again. Um, I think a lot of throughout the pandemic, we all learned the importance of really taking care of ourselves, um, you know, doing the exercise, drinking the water, getting the yeah. sleep, eating the right food. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we know the things. We know the things. We're not entirely brilliant at always doing them, but we know them. And I guess it starts with awareness, isn't it? And funny Definitely. that you said drinking the water because that has become one of my, my things, you know, when I feel anything. When I feel mm. anything, I'm like, start with a glass of water, you know, like yucky in the tummy or headache or muscle soreness, whatever. I'm like, start with a glass of water and then go from there, girl. <laughs> Just <laughs> Absolutely. And I think being studio owners as well, it's a very give, give, give <sighs> job. You know, we're giving to our students, we're giving to our clients, we're giving to our teachers. Um, and you know, without a lot of reward um, in return. Mm. Um, but back back to the question about 
coping with being away mm. from my family, one kind of positive thing that did come out of being in lockdown um, was, you know, we, we put our classes on Zoom. Mm. Um, so something really nice was that my parents were actually able to log in oh. and watch watch my Zoom classes on occasion as well. That <laughs> is lovely. So, um, and then, you know, that kind of triggered the thought of, you know, a lot of people are in a situation where, uh, especially in WA, a lot of people um, have relocated from overseas mm. or other mm. parts of the world. And, um, you know, we were able to, um, you know, invite, you know, grandparents from England yes. or um, everything like that. They could actually log on and watch their little ones dance as well. So um, it kind of made us think outside the box and then mm. create those connections with families in a different way that and be able to invite them into our studio yes. in a way that we, we couldn't. We wouldn't have even considered doing that no, we wouldn't a even, couple of years ago. No, we wouldn't have even thought about it. We wouldn't have even thought about it. And, yes, I'm with you. It's been There have been some really dark days, mm-hmm. um, but it is important to look at the silver linings. And I'm not pre- pretending to be, you know, Pollyanna positive either, but um, even... Uh, at, at the time of recording this, I've kind of um, come off a week being in isolation because my son got COVID and that's the rules at this mm. time in, in Adelaide. Um, and there was one day that I was really over it. I'm not going to lie. I was like sending my my girlfriend's SOSs like, I, ah. but <laughs> I actually got so much value out of that week in night, not having to do school runs, not having any guilt about um, you know, n- not getting my children anywhere. And it was a really actually refreshing time for me. And I realised that I used to do that. I used to have time away from the studio for a week here and there. You know, I'd travel and mm-hmm. um, do workshops or deliver workshops and I'd leave my team to it for a week and refresh myself. And I hadn't for two and a half years. You know, I'd been that right there with them. So I'm going to put that in my diary, week five of every term, Mm. You know, just just tap out, you know, tap out. I still I still worked, but very much on things that were <laughs> kind of behind, um, you know, and, and feel like I've caught up. So let's talk about your long service leave because I reckon when you just mentioned that a minute ago, everybody was like, oh, and I wrote down, I don't know whether you, you realised you said this, but I'm lucky because I'm on six weeks long service leave. You've you're not lucky, you're very brave, you're very organised and you had this goal and you've made it happen. So this is this is great and I think other people can too. So tell me about, you know, I guess what, obviously you're like, okay, now I can get home so I'm going to come home, but six weeks. Talk to me about how you made that happen for you. Yeah, for sure. So I'm missing um, six weeks and that works out to be four weeks of term one and two weeks of school holidays. Um, So four weeks of teaching and then our kind of two weeks um, where we do our holiday workshops and everything where, you know, it is easier for a studio owner to get that time away in the school holidays because there's a little change in routine. Um, But my team are my everything and I'm so blessed to have such a wonderful team, teachers, admin staff, and my dance steppers, of course, who are course. Um, <laughs> often often my biggest cheerleaders. Yeah, sometimes you know. Yeah. Um, and even when I was I was so anxious, I kind of told my my team and my students um, kind of in steps that I was taking this break. Um, and I've just felt so anxious telling everybody. Um, but honestly, everybody was so supportive, and 
was like, yes, Erin, go for it. You deserve this break. You need this break. Um, And I think as well, my team and my dance steppers, they thrived on the idea that they would have the opportunity to really step up and really sink their teeth into their roles and prove to me, prove to themselves and prove to the studio um, just how wonderful they are at their jobs. Yes. Yes. I love that. You are providing them a space to really rise up. And that's actually what I found just in that week gone. You know, I, yes, I was still on email or, you know, still only a phone call away, but just not being there provided space for other people. We can't help sometimes, but, you know, muscle in on on things when really it's all, all in hand. So it's a gift for you, obviously, and a gift for them, Um and I'm I'm just really thrilled and proud for you that you've you've been able to do it. So your team, talk me through like who who's in your team in terms of like kind of what roles, what support do you have? Yeah, so I have we have an operations manager. Mm. Um, so she does around twenty to twenty five hours a week, um, both in the studio and um, admin mm. things from home, and we'll have zoom meetings and things like that um, i also have two other admin support um, and they work on the front desk of the studio greeting people checking vaccination certificates is their big <laughs> one at the moment um, you know just just offering that extra support there um, that extra person to be there mm. on the front desk as well um, and then i have one head teacher so she teaches most of the um, classes um, and then i've got five different other teachers that are um, range from um, you know part-time part-time employees that have the same roles every week Um, and then a couple of casuals that come in, um, guest teachers, things like that. Mm. Um, We've also got our um, dance assistants then that help with our um, weekday morning classes. And then um, we've got our, uh, we've got nine dance steppers that help out of an afternoon and on a Saturday morning. So I I feel like there is a lot of us. There is a lot of you, (laughs) but that's, that's, great you know like um I mean you know more doesn't always mean better but you it sounds like everybody's got a job to do um it's not that you're collecting people per se for the for the sake of collecting them um and they're all in defined roles they've all got a job to do and and that's where the magic happens isn't it for you to be able to have freedom as well you know have a life (laughs) yes absolutely and that's something that I've found you know, over the last 10 years, my team has, you know, fluctuated and shrunk and changed mm. and evolved. And I think it's all a lot of it is about finding what works for you in the season of life that you're in. Oh, so when I was in my early 20s, like I was quite happy and that's what fulfilled me to teach all the classes and be mm. there seven days a week. And I could stay teaching till 9pm and we could do three shows on a weekend and I could <laughs> get up on a Sunday morning and still do it. And that's just not where I'm at anymore. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I look to, um, you know, I don't have a family or anything yet. I don't have kids of my own. Um, but, you know, that's coming along in the next five years. And I think, okay, this, you know, I'll be able to kind of scale back again then and bring this teacher on here and have this admin person here. So I think there's no kind of real your studio must have this person and that person and this this teacher here. I think it's yeah it's it's like a wave it changes with the season yes. of your life. Yes, you yes, you you're speaking my language and and that I think is one of the benefits and there's so many 
I just think we've got the best job in the world. That's why I can't give it up. And I've tried. Um, <laughs> I just can't. Um, but I, we can make it work for us. And so what, what our role looks like 10 years ago, what our role looks like in 10 years will look different, can look different, and it can look whatever we want it to. Um, and what a, what a opportunity for us. You know, as my children, I was just mentioning you, to you before, my oldest is 16 and that's when I started the school. Um, my youngest is now 10 and there's one in the middle. So what I want to be able to do for them and be around them is different all of those ages and stages of their life and I've just put in things to support that and I've done that first rather than look at what the studio needs and then like the leftovers for me I've done I've, I've chosen what I need first and it sounds like you're you're of that philosophy too Yes, and I love that saying, um, which kind of has a different connotation here in 2022, but um, the saying, put your own mask on before you put the mask on others. Yes. And, you know, originally that was a an oxygen mask. Yes. But we can think of that as a face mask these days. Exactly. <laughs> love it. It's, it's definitely important to kind of look after yourself and then then you can do a better job of looking after others. So mm. looking after your business and looking after your team and looking after your clients if you're in the right space for yes. yourself to be able to do that. Yes. And can you see, like, have you got some things that might start to show up in your life where you might go, oh, that's a bit of a red flag. Perhaps I'm, I'm not looking after myself the best I can because I'm doing this or, you know, I'm, do you know what I mean? Like, have you got any times where you think, oh, I might need to, you know, take the morning off or go for a walk or drink a glass of water. <laughs> yes, oh, absolutely. I, I know when I, when I feel frustrated with my team um, and I think, oh, why are they doing this? They must be doing this on purpose to annoy mm. me or, um, or something like that. And I, I have to, that's when I have to remind myself, take a step back. Mm. This, this is probably a you problem. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm getting impatient or getting frustrated or something like that, it, it is often because maybe I haven't taken a day off in a little while or yeah. I haven't had that time away from my phone or perhaps I've been yes. stuck in the inbox for too long. And, you know, just going for a walk or having a morning off, going going down to the cafe, having a coffee, yeah. reading a magazine, just having that break away from the studio and away from your business. And I call it, I like to call it creating white space. Yeah. So when you haven't got a full list of your to-do list or your Google calendar is not full of colours. You have that white space where you've just got time to exist. Yes. Yeah, and we we must because in that white space um, we can recreate ourselves as well. You know, that's the, the idea of recreation is, is recreate. Um, but also it allows for contingency time, doesn't it? So if things mm. don't go according to plan, um, even, you know, I'm, I'm chatting to you today and it means saying like not booking another podcast straight after because then I'm stressed, you know, I'm, I'm mm. stressed because I'm like, oh, I've got to keep moving. I've got to, I can't go to the toilet. I can't refill my water cup. I've now run over. And then that's going to be, you know, I've got no white space in between to allow me to be human, to allow me to, you know, there was a period, 
this is oversharing. There was a period <laughs> in my life where I was like, I wasn't going to the toilet. I was like at my computer and I was like, I've got so much to do. Like who the hell does that? I know, I know a lot of people actually do it, teachers in schools particularly, but, you know, so much to do that I don't have time to go to the toilet. Like it literally get a grip, Jane. <laughs> One of my red flags is like if I'm like must finish this and like, no, you can, you can stop. <laughs> Um, Julia Funt, I don't know if you've heard of her. It sounds like I'm swearing, but I'm not. F-U-N-T is her last name, Julia Funt. She's written a whole book on white space. So you've probably come across some of her work by the sounds of things. And Amazing. I'll have to check yeah. that one out. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? A whole book on white space. But sometimes we just need reminding. Um, yeah. Now, listen, we were, we were chatting a little while ago. Um, you shared shared with me about I guess your why really if I'm I want to put it in one word about you know the impact that you hope to make with your studio and I just oh it was inspiring it gave me goosebumps I was like fist pumping and being like yes so I'd love you to share about why that you know the impact that you want to make with your studio well I love the quote real queens fix each other's crowns without sharing with the world that it was crooked. Yeah. So I'm all about women supporting other women, particularly in business and um, young girls supporting other girls and, um, you know, being excited when other people are achieving things rather than bringing them down, you know, that tall poppy syndrome that mm. we have here in Australia. And cool. as well, I think the growing up, being a competitive dancer, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this that are listening in, um, you go to competitions and if she wins, that means you can't win. Or um, you're at an audition and if if this girl does better at the audition, she gets the job and you don't get the job. So I had this really sad, I guess, sad mm. mindset in uh, my teens and my early 20s where I was very competitive and um, just, just quite narrow-minded and I didn't want to see others around me succeeding because then that meant that I wasn't succeeding. That's, yeah. yeah, that's how if, if, if they were doing better than me, then I was failing. Um, and so now it's really important to me mentoring girls in their, in their teens and their early 20s that I don't want them to have that mindset. I want them to know that if, if she's winning, we're all winning, you know, um, and it's it's so much more fulfilling to support other women in business and support other people achieving their goals and, you know, we can all succeed together. Um, and I guess that's what I really love about having the Dance Step program in my studio because it gives us that opportunity to really work with these young girls and provide them, you know, with the, with the opportunities to spend time with one another, um, to mentor the little dancers themselves um, and to come along to our team trainings once a quarter as well where we do a lot of professional development activities that they perhaps wouldn't, um, wouldn't really have access to as well. Mm. Mm, that's right. And I think, you know, I just love everything about it. And um, the world, you know, it is there. It is a competitive place. We live in a competitive world. But I love how you really push that point of, well, if they're winning, it doesn't mean I'm losing. Mm -hmm. If, you know, I'm not a failure. And I think that narrative is one that's really important with young brains you know, we, mm -hmm. we know we've been through this journey and and I, I can resonate with some of what you're saying, particularly during the time, you know, when I had teen 
behind my age. So if I'm thinking kind of 13 to 19, they are really formative years in this, the stories we tell ourselves. And I think the work you're doing is so important because you're changing that story that they're telling themselves. You're, you're, you're empowering them, which I know is, is a big part of your mission to say, no, no, like when my friend does really well, I feel happy for them, you know, and I'm doesn't mean I'm not doing well. And it reminds me about, you know, you don't have to dim other people's light to shine bright, which is um, kind of the same, same story there. Yeah, absolutely. And I love um, the metaphor Brene Brown uses and she talks about um, and she refers to them as candle blower outerers, which I love. Um, and she talks about she was teaching her teenage daughter, um, you know, that she's a candle and she must protect her candle and she wants her to be around people that are going to let the light shine brighter from her candle, not be candle blower outerers and come along and if she's shining bright, they blow out her candle because they, mm. they can't stand to see her shining bright. Um, so I, I love that metaphor. And, and then also um, I've, I've spoken to my team about you want to be around people that if, if somebody does blow out your candle, that that will help you light your candle again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is, I think, really important work for young women. I think we have maybe struggled with this more than I can't talk about men. I'm not one, so I really cannot comment in great detail about how men work with this, but I think, I don't know, it just it feels... I'll tell you what, my son Liam, he's 10 and he's a really gentle little lad, um, funny, quite eccentric um, little package. (laughs) (laughs) And he's had had quite a strong um, group of friends since he was in reception. He's now in year three um, and four. He's now in year four. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, he's not listening, (laughs) so he won't know I got that wrong. Um, anyway, they've just started to become a little bit more like girls, right? Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they're starting. And some of the things he's saying to me, oh, such and such said this, such and such did this. There's a bit of exclusion kind of going on. And I was like, oh, Liam, like I didn't want to excuse the behaviour and say that's just girls because, you know, that that plays onto that other side when we're excusing behaviour of boys, you know, oh, he's just a boy, like, do you know what I mean? I didn't want to label the behaviour, but inside I was like, ooh, girls can be nasty, right? Mm. So the fact that you're creating this culture where, um, and it is really something I am very intentional about as well, when you step into my studio, your toxic traits will not be tolerated. <laughs> absolutely, and, absolutely. It's just, yeah, absolutely the same in my studio. Yeah, and, I mean, I would never have said it in those words to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in my head. Um, but, you know, same for my staff. I've had some staff yeah. that have, have shown some traits that I'm like, well, no, that's not, and that goes down to, you know, being our protectors of our culture and, and what we tolerate and what we don't. But I really want that space, that studio space particularly to be sacred. You know, this is this is the space where you get to be you and you don't, you're not ridiculed for that and you're not put down for that. And when you achieve something, we cheer you on. 
Now, for those 13 or 10, you know, to 20-year-olds, that, that is a space that's important because the rest, they, they will feel like the rest of the world is doing the opposite, I think, sadly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important too because if kids are having a rough time at school or, um, you know, in their part-time jobs or something like that, to know that they have that safe, supportive, positive environment mm. within the studio um, and with their, we, we call it, EBA sisters mm. um, at my yeah, studio. I've so always can, loved that. Yeah, yeah they, they can come and talk to their EBA sisters and be surrounded by that positivity um, and have that little escape from whatever's going on in their in their big worlds yeah yeah I've always loved you know obviously I follow you on social media and I'll pop I'll pop the links in the show notes as well but I've always loved the language that you choose to use it's very encouraging and empowering and I love that you, the reference to the EBA sisters and obviously I've I've enjoyed reading about how your your nine dance step students have um I guess embraced their role as as young leaders as well because it is very um, in alignment with your philosophy about mentoring, you know, you're mentoring them and they're mentoring um, the younger children and the photos that you put out, you know, are, are really beautiful. And, of course, actually, now I, I don't know why I didn't bring this up till now, but you had a dance step um, winner. Tell us about her because we had our we dance did. step awards. Yeah. We did. We had Miss Jasmine uh, won the award for kindness in um, at the end of last year mm. and um, I just knew she would win it. She's the kindest, <laughs> <laughs> she's the kindest dance stepper yeah. in Australia. So um, I was definitely not surprised when she won it. And, um, yeah, Miss Jasmine's gone from um, strength to strength uh, in her role as a dance step leader, she was quite shy and reserved and um, unsure when the little ones would, um, you know, come and hug her and hold her hand and be all up in her face. Mm. Um, and now, um, you know, you get you get thrown into that environment and the kids just love you and they just want to sit all over you. Mm. And now, now she loves getting her cuddles from her, her dance step students. Um, yeah. And, and something that I, I really loved as well, um, you know, last year was our kind of first normal concert with mm. um, our dance steppers after a bit of a funny concert in 2020. Um, but I loved that at the concert it wasn't constantly Miss Erin, Miss Erin, Miss Erin. Um, it was Miss Jasmine, Miss Beck, you know, right. Miss Lucy. They, they were calling out to their dance step teachers and I was like, oh, okay, well. I'll just I'm off the hook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, that's where I love it too. And do you know what else I love? Because, you know, being in the wings and watching um, your kids perform, like is that moment where you're like, oh, you know, puppy dog eyes, I'm so proud. Um, but the first year I had dance steppers who were then in the wings watching the group that they have been assisting. So now instead of watching the kids on the stage, I was watching the dance stepper in the wings with the same face. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, like yeah. this is cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it does that complete circle. Of that. circle. That, that's why you're teaching them so they can teach them and yeah, yeah. it's beautiful and just just watching their face and then coming off and um not even you know a lot of mine will come off and they're so proud they'll say did you see my I love this did you see my class you know like they there's that real ownership they know they're not the teacher but did you see my class oh my gosh they did so well they were so proud and um yeah it is it is um 
it is lovely to watch and and obviously in the class and you're right jasmine is just so kind they had to um well as you know but for for the listeners the the um, dance step leaders that got shortlisted for the finals had to do what I thought was quite a tough task and that was shoot a short video which you know is it's a little bit confronting and it was meant to be <laughs> um, but all of them did it and um, you know I basically just cried through all of their submissions because I was like you get a prize you get a prize but that's not how <laughs> it works that's not how it works um, amazing stories but Jasmine does have a kindness um, just that shone through the lens and the the words that she chose to use. So yes, you're right. She she definitely deserved deserved that award. And that's not why you know dance steppers are doing it. They're not doing it to get awards. It's just nice to use that opportunity to to showcase them, help them shine a little brighter, as as we're saying. Um, oh look, Erin, I've just I've loved all of this. Um, what what are you kind of thinking about for your future? You know, you've you've mentioned a couple of times like things have changed in in the years that you've owned the studio. Do you have big plans or a vision, or is it in? And, and you don't have to share it with us, but just and you can. Um, you know, what what are your thoughts on on where you plan to go for the next couple of years? Yes, well, it's it is tricky to kind of plan too far in advance these days, isn't it? With um, this ever changing world that we yes. live in. Um, but I, you know, it's been good for us to kind of learn to pivot and um, <laughs> make changes and be flexible. Whereas you know, we used to kind of run on our set goals and our mm. two year plan and our three year plan and our five year plan. Um, but I feel like. I'm in a really good place with the business and with my personal life and have a good work-life balance um, and really enjoying um, kind of not being um, in the trenches so much, mm. not being in the studio and having that little bit more time to spend mentoring my team um, and thinking about, you know, big picture things, dreaming, being creative um, that can actually really make an impact and change in my business instead of, being so yeah being so stuck in the doing and you know you just like constantly like you, you're a duck like paddling so fast underneath to try and keep this calm ex exterior on top um so yeah having having that little space and that little breakaway um oh. as well as giving my team that that chance to thrive and you know I, I look I look to five years down the track and I think oh you know those dance steppers now they'll be in their early 20s and they'll mm. be able to do this and um, you know, they can do the choreography for the mm. solos because they've got all these fresh ideas and they can, yeah. you know, be running with the with the toddlers because that's, you know, that's what they want to see and um, all that kind of stuff. So um, I feel like I'm, I'm making the investments now to really reap the rewards later, yeah. which is which is really exciting. It is exciting and it's a lovely phase to be in as much as also like the startup. You know, I, I think of the first kind of six years of my business and, God, it's exciting. You know, like, and you do, you work stupid hours and you kind of hustle, but it doesn't, it, to me, it didn't feel like hustle. You know, I loved it. I was, I was just all in and it's not that I'm all out now, <laughs> but I, I hear what you're saying. I'm, I'm more into preparing and succession planning my team, um, you know, in the hope that they stay with me, but also in the understanding that they might not, some might not. Um, but that's okay because I know that I've given them all that I can, all that I 
you know, shared my experience and my knowledge. And um, I guess maybe it's just the teacher in us as well. You know, we love to teach and see people thrive. And, and this is that next phase, it sounds like you're kind of heading into that next phase where the work that you do might not always be in front of the students, but now it's in front of your teachers who then get in front of your students. Yes, absolutely. I don't think I will ever uh, have a time where I'm not actually physically teaching myself. I don't think I could ever completely step away from that. Me too. I do. I do miss it dearly just after one week off. Oh, I bet you do. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, lucky again, we um, in WA, we're still kind of um, under little kind of semi-restrictions and we have a lot of kids in isolation. So I have been able to jump into a few um, a few Zoom dance classes mm. over the last week and see what's going on and catch up with the kids. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. In yeah, fact, it's, it's a perfect time now I think about it because we, we are also running hybrid. You know, we've got kids mm. isolating, but we've got kids in the studio at the time of recording. And I've been doing the same, you know, I've um, been kind of jumping on from home and, um, so it is the perfect time to to be away because you're away but still being able to connect. You know, if you feel like it, you can get in and watch a little bit of class and the kids see your face and know that you're, you're watching and they rise up, I bet. And, yeah, no, I'm with you. I can't, you know, I'll, I'll never say never, but for the foreseeable future I cannot not be in the studio teaching um a little bit and quite often I do <laughs> okay not quite often but there are times that I think oh I actually want to go in and teach this afternoon you know I've done all of this other stuff and then I come home and I'm on such a high <laughs> Brian's like yeah. uh-huh okay it's like a drug isn't it <laughs> absolutely absolutely a very legal healthy drug <laughs> That's right. That's right. But that's how that's how you know that you're fulfilled and you're you're doing the right things when you come away from class feeling that way. Um, yeah. Because that's how I feel as well. And oh. I think there's nothing else I would rather be doing. No, no, absolutely blessed. Erin, thank you so much. I have thoroughly enjoyed every minute. I want to let you know that there are a number of times that you gave me goosebumps when you, you chatted and that's my test. <laughs> no, it's oh, not my thank test. You. But I just I've loved every minute of it. Well, I get goosebumps every time I listen to you, Miss Jane, so I'm glad I can repay the favour. Uh, we can, can fangirl each other. It's very good. <laughs> Look at us living our philosophies. We can just keep shining light on each other. Um, I love the work you do. I love the way you do it. And I hope that you really enjoy the next couple of weeks with your family as well. Thank you so much. Thanks, Erin. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Erin Nash as much as I did. Look, to be honest, after we finished recording, I couldn't help but just feel inspired and really lifted up by Erin's approach. And gosh, I hope that you have been impacted in a positive way as well from our conversation. This episode was proudly brought to you by Dance Step. It's the leading done for you student teacher education program for dance studios all over the world. If you have just even been thinking of implementing the program in your studio this year, but don't have the time, don't worry. 
now is the time because Dance Step has done all the heavy lifting for you. So check us out at www.dancestep.com.au, request an information pack and we can have a chat from there. Thanks for joining me at The Bar. To find out more about past episodes or how I can help you grow your own leadership or train student teachers, head to dancestep.com.au. Great leaders create leaders and I'm here to help you be and do both. And please remember to rate and review me on your podcast player of choice. See you next time at The Bar. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 